0: Let me just pause for five seconds, real quick. I just want to pause that real quick because someone just gave their life to Christ right now. I think the social media, right? We focus on the bad about churches and religion, what have you, but someone just gave their life to Christ right now. It's true. Right? And I know as believers, you guys know that as well. And we have to celebrate that. Because if the angels are celebrating it, right? If you read the book of Luke, we need to be celebrating that as well. Right? So let's celebrate that. All right, we're going to go into the book of John. Um, this is uh, going to be a, a scripture that's that's going to be tough to uh, remember. But it's scripture that's uh, 316. <laughs> You know, I'm going to actually look at it like I, I don't know it. So I'm going to look it up. All right. The reason why I want to bring it up is because Pops brought it up this, this uh, weekend. And I'm going to piggyback on that because of the fact that he spoke about evangelism. And everyone has their perception of what evangelism is. Um, some think of Billy Graham. Some think of the grandeur of it. But in all honesty, evangelism is speaking the gospel one-on-one. And and what I'm gonna focus on today is personal evangelism. This might be the chaplain in me, this might be the the minister in me, but I think it's important that we need to remember our foundations in regards to evangelizing people. I, I love hearing the stories of Mr. Uber here, Pastor uh Pastor um what is your name? Pastor Jerry. You know you laugh, but I really did forget his name. And he tells these wonderful stories, you know, and he, <laughs> he literally evangelizes the people in his car. And it's inspiring to hear, right? And we all need to hear these one-on-one stories because I know there are many more. Because as I look at the seats right now, I know there's evangelism here. There's evangelists here. Sister Lisa, right? Natalie, even Momo, right? Um, the guy hiding back there, Pedro. Um, there's a lot of evangelists here that have made a difference in my life, right? Don't don't try to hide uh, Javier and Angelina, Living Water, um, but they're always evangelizing. That's why they have a church in their house, right? And then there's evangelists that have stories that are compelling, that need to be told, that need to be told like Brother Judean. Very, very, um, I can't wait to hear how God has overwhelmed the enemy through you right? Only God could do what he did in your life. Only him, right? So there's so much to know uh, about evangelism. So that's one aspect I would like to share. So John 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the famous one everyone knows, but I'm going to keep going just for a little. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Through him. And, and, and one of the things that, that about this scripture, uh, the background in regards to this is Christ is speaking to Nicodemus. And if you don't Nicodemus, he's a Pharisee, right? Who was intrigued by Christ. I, I think at this point, at least in scripture-wise, in the book of John, he basically had the wedding, right? With the wine. He also he also had the what else did he have? He had that miracle and he also shared the scriptures with Nathaniel, right? Just a little bit of stuff of miracles that you're seeing that up to that point and it it just intrigued. It intrigued him to the point that he wanted to get to know Christ. And when he came to see Christ, Christ was open to talking to him, and that's when that dialogue began with Christ and Nicodemus, who was who someone of high influence, someone who can someone of, of another status at that point in regards to Jews. So it was very intriguing for him to actually get to that point of understanding who Christ is, and he wanted to know who Christ was. So in regards to personal evangelism, as compared to the grand evangelism, I want to bring up the fact that there's more, there's more ways to share Christ than what people have known, right? Especially in regards to being an evangelist. And I think it's very vital that we know that we have the capabilities to do it as we walk out the door one-on-one. It's there. God, God has given us that capability. God is dwelling within us to share to others and one of the one of the two people I like to point out and I'm glad they're not here because of the humility part is pops and Randy um, I know Randy leads the evangelistic group but have you ever seen him out there evangelizing it's it's quite unique it's a blessing to witness right sister Lisa um sister Lisa's here as well and how she evangelizes And pops as well. The one thing I love about watching both of them is the humility they have. The humility. Now, the public, you guys need to know this, the public is not used to seeing that. Humility is not known to be something to show out, right? It's something within the heart. And they do that. But the public doesn't know stuff like that. What do they see? They see what they see on TV right? They see the big signs, you're going to go to hell, right? Or repent, stuff like that. Or you're going to see the guy on YouTube who's just famous, all the views and Twitter and Instagram, the popular people. I I think evangelism goes beyond that. Evangelism goes beyond that. It's the one-on-one, the personal evangelism that I think truly makes a foundation and difference in regards to spreading his word. That's the part you don't see, right? And there's there's a couple keys. One of the things I saw with them is they they actually have, and I'm talking about Pops and Randy, and we're going to get to Scripture, but I want to talk about them because they're actually influenced by Christ. They truly have a love for people. Truly have a love for people. When Randy, when Brother Randy talks about the saints of Christ, he gets emotional because he truly wants to see them saved. And V.C. pops out in the street. I think he said one thing that I was like, okay, this is real. And it put me in my place. He was talking about babies. He watched a movie that someone was trying to resuscitate a little baby. You Remember that? He spoke about that in in one of his sermons. And he says, that's how how I feel when when I'm watching that nurse trying to resuscitate the baby. That's how I feel with every person that comes through those doors. Every saint of, of God that I feel I need to be there to share, the, to share God's love with Him. And, and to be honest with you, for me, I was like, dang. I don't know if I have that, right? I, I, I think I'm, I'm more selective, or, or I, I have excuses, and I'm just speaking about me. But to, to, to be true evangelists out there, everybody is a child of God, and the potential is there to save And they also listen to the Spirit everywhere they go. You notice that with those two. Those are just two examples. If we go to the Bible, let's talk about his two influencers. I'm going to start with Paul. And I was reading through the book of Acts. And one of the things that astonished me about the book of Acts with Paul, um, I'm going to point out two people, and this is Acts 22 and above, when he was basically making that journey um, with the Romans and how they want to flog him and they want to, the, the Jews want to take him and they also, they also want to kill him. But for some reason, the Romans took care of him. Now I get it. He leveraged the plant that he told them, look, I'm a Roman citizen. You sure you want to touch me? Right? And it worked. But there's a person in there named Felix. He was the governor. And it says in there, in, in the book of Acts, that he was hoping that he would get money from Paul. Which kind of connects to the point of all the epistles, how they send him money, right? But he was hoping he'd get bribed by Paul. This is for about, about two weeks, I believe, according to scholars. And, and, he had, and through that process, or through the days of, of, of being with Paul... Instead of getting, hoping for money, you know what he got? He got the gospel from Paul. Read it. And the reason why I say that, because afterwards, he brings his wife to come listen to Paul. Who does that? Right? This Roman guy does this. Paul did something to influence him. Again, evangelism in a certain way. A personal evangelism. The consistency he had with him. There's something that 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 Felix felt in Paul, and we all know what it is. The Holy Spirit. It was Christ. Because if you read Acts, Paul does the, the he just doesn't stand there and just tell people God is full of love, right? He doesn't give you the topical. He shares actually this journey with him and the gospel and how he sh- changed his life. How he literally changed his life and how the Holy Spirit is within him. And if you read the epistles, he's talking about God indwelling in him and how it just comes out naturally. God's will will bring out his gospel for you You don't have to try to do anything. As long as you receive him, the Holy Spirit will take care of business. Personal evangelism. One-on-one affected him. And then the other one is Julius. He was the guy they appointed to take care of Paul as he took the trip um, to the ship, right? And if you read it, it's like a shipwreck story. Even I got sick reading it, right? If you read it, I mean, Luke is actually pretty good. He's a pretty good writer. By the way, if you read Acts, it's almost like a novella, right? Kind of like drama, dun-dun-dun. And, 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 and it makes it exciting. Why? Because, one, it's about the gospel, every single point of it. But back to Julius, Julius was appointed to take care of him to the ship. He went through so much with Paul. On the ship, they were going to get shipwrecked. And the captain of the ship, the owner, they wanted to toss things and toss people so it doesn't run aground, meaning it doesn't hit something on the floor. So they wanted to throw over the prisoners, which Paul was one of them. Julius, the centurion taking care of him, said no. Not Paul. Not Paul. And nor anybody that's with him. Why? Why? We can infer a lot of things, but if you read, it'll tell you that Julius was kind to Paul. Why would Luke write that? Obviously, there was a connection there between Paul and Julius. Again, a Roman, a centurion. He convinced them it was not Paul we all know who it was. It was Christ. It was the Holy Spirit. Yeah? So those are just two, just two in the book of Acts. And there's much more throughout the Bible. Now let's go back further. Let's go back to Christ and how he evangelized. The man, right? The triune. And let's pick up a story. Let's pick, well, let's pick Nicodemus with 316 since we went over it. Like I said, Nicodemus was so intrigued by him. There was something that Christ carried. And we all know it was God within. Right? And it was compelling. And he opened that dialogue. I I know it's interesting how it says it was in the evening, it was in the night, like some type of secret, right? But the point is, they got together. And they asked him to talk. Even when the other Jews were like, that's a nunner. What are you doing? Not him. He proclaims to be the Messiah. I truly believe Nicodemus knew he was the Messiah. And he wanted to be close to the Messiah. And that would have never happened if Christ didn't open up to him. Christ didn't open up a dialogue with him. And teaching him about the Spirit. And there's, there's a distance between time, between that time and the crucifixion. It was Nicodemus who stood up against the Jews and advocated for Christ. It was Nicodemus who was there at the end with Christ. Not the disciples. Nothing against them. But I'm just inferring the fact that, look, there was a relationship established between Nicodemus and Christ. And I challenge you to read and, and receive that. Nicodemus was just, not just a Pharisee. He was a friend. He was a son of God. They actually wanted a part of whatever was there, which was God, which was the Holy Spirit. His life was eventually changed. And it's important that we look into that. And it's not just coming from me. If you read it, it's in the book. It'll tell you. And it'll give you some inference of how powerful it is to have a person, one-on-one relationship when you evangelize. Another one, the Sumerian, the Sumerian woman. That one intrigues me because of the fact that, one, she's a Sumerian, which Jews and anyone Gentiles, Sumerians were Jews and mixed with Gentile, but they were still considered something not good to the Jews. They disdained each other. Two, she was a woman. And back then, hey, I'm not going to go there how women had it back then, right? And then three, her immoral acts at that time, that only Christ knew, that only God knew. And she was very very defensive, very, she was indifferent to him, she put up a wall to him throughout, but Christ didn't take it personal. He didn't take it personal at all. He knew, right? He spoke to her, he listened to her, He gave her space to speak. And then there's that part where he basically called out her immoral acts. For some reason, God put in my heart. Look, we're not psychics when we evangelize people. But when you build a relationship with people, when you evangelize personal one-on-one, the wisdom in you, the time frame you spent with them, you start to see things in them. And the more time you spend with, with his saints, the more you start to share things that they thought you'd never know. Wisdom. Things that are that, that amaze that, that that are coming out of your mouth, but the Holy Spirit is sharing with them. Let's get that straight. But it's that time frame you gain with them. And you when you're coming in there and you're speaking to them with the experience you have in life, for me... I mean, I'm 50 years old, so if I speak to someone that's 25 years old, I have 25 years of life on them, I have 25 years of experience with over them, I have 25 years of messing up, I have 25 years of a lot of things that I've done ahead of them, how am I not going to share that maybe this is what you're going to go through, maybe this is what hap- is going to happen to you, or maybe this is something that's going on in your life, you guys know where I'm getting, all right? So that would not occur unless you're having that dialogue, that personal relationship with people. And that's the thing with with personal evangelism. It's just building relationships with people. Um, For me, it's building relationships with people, humbling yourself before God, um, being in the Spirit, and also knowing your word. When you go evangelize, you should be picking up your Bible. This is your sword. God has given you something now, right here in these words. And, and look, I spent a lot of money going to seminary, and uh, one of the things I like is the fact that I, I got a better understanding where the words came from, where the Bible came from, tangibly, how it was built. And you know what? It's amazing. It's not one of those things like, oh no, you know, it's influenced by man. Yeah. Yeah. The truth isn't truly out, my my, my brothers and sisters, about how the Bible came together. I I pray one day I can share that with you one day or teach it with people one day, how the Bible came, and it will blow you away how God made this happen 2,000 years ago, even further back when we were tenderized by the Torah, which led to the New Testament, the New Covenant. And that's one of the biggest things for me in regards to uh, personal evangelism and the reason why it's important for me to speak about I'll be honest I, I had a beat for I, I didn't like evangelists back then I, I just didn't understand that. I saw more destruction than any type of salvation and as I stand here right now I know my perspectives is wrong, But here's the thing. That's what I see. And if I see that, that's what others see. That's what the public sees. So my brothers and sisters, understand that there's more than just being the popular famous evangelist. Walk in there with humility. And if you're new to Christ, and there's an opportunity to go out to street witness, I think it'd behoove you to go. Because here's the reason. Randy's not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. Pastor Jerry's not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. Walk with him. There's a lot of modeling going on in this church. By the leaders, by the elders, by the ministers, by the pastors. There's a lot of modeling going on. And we need to advocate that even further. Come to Street Witness. Come to Thursday Prayers come even before to listen to to Sister Lisa. These are people who have genuine hearts for God. But in regards to evangelism, it's amazing when you walk these streets, and this is just Chula Vista, 3rd Avenue, if you walk those streets, there's a lot of people that don't even realize they need Christ. I came upon a, a board full of faces, right, full of faces, and there are two little kids there, right, and they're they're sharing what school they go to, And, and I asked the teacher, what do you got here, and the teacher says, oh, these are all victims of shooting violence by cops and people, and I was like, cops? Yes, and what are the two kids doing here? oh, they're the ones that are researching and and understanding that they are victims of violence from the police. And I looked at the two kids, and um, my mind was just praying for their hearts because they were so, like, confident that they knew what they were talking about. Now, if you get to know me, if you're, like, under 20, you don't know none. You don't. And that comes with love, especially with the ministry. I grew up with too many small evangelists who were shallow, And I love this saying by my wife. She always says it to me in the book. Empty cans make the loudest noise. Empty cans make the loudest noise. There's no room for that in evangelism. I don't, I don't mean to offend nobody, especially here in the pulpit, but this comes with love. I've heard many, well, Scooby, people have come to Christ. Well, Mr. Evangelist, many have also been destroyed by your neglect. The Bible says it's more important to go after the one. The Word says that Christ favors the one. The heavens roar for the one that has repented. One. The 99 will be taken care of. The 99 should be joining. And that's one of the biggest things about when, when Pop spoke about evangelism. And Randy shared something real quick, dropping seeds. When you evangelize, please understand. First, it's not about you. And second, you're probably never going to see the impacts of that seed. But if it's righteous, that seed will grow. That seed will grow. And when that grows, that's, that's where the angels are. Yeah? And I like to say because my mom. My mom was probably my first evangelist. She did a lot of things in this world that, no bueno, right? Especially as a mom. But at the latter part of her life, she evangelized to me. I rolled my eyes at her. No, I don't roll my eyes at my mom, but my heart was like, yeah, right now. I remember I was a cop. But she prayed for the salvation of her kids. And to this day, me and Lucy, we've been floored by God. We've been floored by God. And um, I love you, Mom. I know you're hearing. That's what personal evangelism can do. Okay? Let me leave you with this story real quick. So there's this guy, right? It sounds like a joke. but There's this guy. He fell in a hole, right? There's chaos going on. All over the place, and um, one guy passes him, and it's a let's just go. It's a rabbi, right? He looks down and hey, rabbi, rabbi, can I, I need help. I found this hole, right? And there's chaos going around. The rabbi looks at him and says, so "Shalom, shalom," and then takes off, right? And the next one is a Catholic priest stops by, father, father, I need help. I just found this hole. He looks down. The father throws one of the rosemary beads and tells him how many help Marys, right? And prays and then walks off. And then a Christian actually stops by, a pastor. Pastor, it's good to see you. I need help. I found this hole. He yeah, was going all over the place. He looks at him, puts out his hand, and prays for him. Have faith. And then walks away. And then this guy comes. It was his, it was his buddy. Right? We'll call him. Hey, Pedro! Pedro, yeah, it's me. Man, I fell in this hole, bro. I need help. I need help, bro. Pedro looks down, and he jumps in. He looks at him and says, Are you stupid? Now we're both stuck. Pedro looks at him. Yeah, bro, but I've been here. I know the light. I'm not scared. Don't be fearful. God is with us. I know the exact path out here. Follow me. I love that story. Because one, it talks about his light. Right? And there's a a scripture. In Psalms 27.1. I know it's five minutes over. 27.1. I'm going to turn to it real quick so I can read it. And it says, and it's by David, of course. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? So when Pedro jumped in that hole, he reminded him of the light. He reminded him of the salvation and he reminded him not to be afraid because of Christ. That's personal evangelism right there. It's not too complicated. I can get theological and talk certain things, but let's keep it practical, right? Just be there for the people. Don't let them suffer alone. Be there for them. Listen to them. And then share the gospel. See how God works in They will open up to you. So you don't have the Bible thump in your hand. Instead, you can dump on the love of Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity for us to share your word. Lord, I ask that the folks on online, that they receive your message, that they receive your heart and your will, Father. And Lord, here at the building, we ask that you be with everybody as they go home. Be with them in their drives home, and too. Again, be with Priscilla and, and Abraham as they journey for an for excitement to come. We ask you to be with... Our pastors who are out, r and resting, I pray that you, with their hearts, Father, as they're going to get back on the saddle and serve you. Lord, we ask you to be with our leadership. And Father, we do ask you to be the one right now who's listening, who needs you dearly. Lord, send your angels. Lord, send any of us to be by their side. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for you. All this is to glorify you. Continue to grow with us. In your name, amen and amen.